0: righty, welcome to Boom Talk Studios on a fantastic spring day in Eugene, Oregon. Over here on the south side, fantastic. People are out barbecuing, walking around in shorts, feeling like it's summer. It's not quite there yet, but it's a fantastic day. Ken Harlan here, fox turning in a foxhole, season two, episode 14, number 46 overall www.purpleplanet.com Shout out to them for the wonderful theme song Helping out content creators all over the place Our sponsors to the show Big shout out to them For their contributions and Helping us move this effort further along Always need to give them a shout out Yeah, fantastic day here We're watching a little um, SCCL Here on the main screen In the studio, in the back studio We've got the Sixers And the Nets, with the Nets holding a 10-point lead near the end of the third quarter. And this SCCL, or CONACAF Champions League, Philadelphia and Sarpicia are 0-0. Got the pronunciation right after botching things last week. Oh yeah, terrible week last week with the pronunciations. Without somebody speaking into the earpiece or a pronunciation guide for some of these things, if you see it the first time, you're going to butcher it. I always apologize, but I always try to make corrections on the flip side. Last week was just a better week as far as botching names it was, was SCCL going on. All right, folks, you know where I'm going. Let's get to it. The COVID Chronicles. Yeah, folks, that funny little virus microbe, whatever you call it, thingy, you know, that ugly, you know, it's still on the Peloton. It's still eating the cream and clear. Still in the nightclubs, in the arenas and stadiums and galleries, creating all kinds of havoc. It's funny. I see. I know I like a broken record, but I mean, like, two or three days ago, when I'm, like, looking at my outline, it's only got a few points, I'm like, wow well, well, gee, you know, college basketball has slowed down, so we know the 43,000-foot view is going to be a little bit more narrow, and I thought COVID would be too, and lo and behold... This is probably the longest outline I've had in a couple of weeks. So what do we have as far as the COVID Chronicles are concerned? Let's start with the NHL, the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, When I wrote this outline, they had missed eight games. I think it's more now. They're hoping they're going to play this Friday, I believe it is. Um, You know, they have what? Basically, the whole team. We've talked about this the whole time. I meant the whole time, but the last couple of episodes. So the scuttlebutt now is... Because they're going to have to make, they've missed eight games. They're going to have to push back the end of the regular season, which was supposed to be May 11th. Now it's going to end May 16th. And I wouldn't be surprised if that goes to the 20th, just because they're just, you know, trying to get all these games in. We also know that five Astros, yes, the cheaters, they're out currently in the league's quarantine health and safety protocol. They're not going to disclose if people actually have COVID or have been around somebody, but there are five people missing there. Then another interesting case, take it for what you will, we don't try to get judgmental and get into the politics of anything here if we can, but the twins, uh, Andre Andre Elton uh, Simmons, however you pronounce that, I'll have to go look at that. See, I'm already butchering things. He tested positive COVID-19 after declining the vaccine because earlier in the week or I think the previous week, their team had, or the city, I'm not sure which entity, you know, we're talking about all the crazy things going on in Minneapolis throughout, but he had the opportunity because Target was giving out vaccines, you know, Target's based up there, and he turned it down, and lo and behold, he has it this week. What do you say about that? I mean, although in close proximity, not sure if that would have helped him or not, but yeah, he's away from the team now because he's got COVID-19, see? CB-19 ain't going nowhere, people. And in light of that, speaking of more hockey, the Memorial Cup, which is a very prestigious and fabled competition among the Canada's junior hockey, it's going to be postponed for a second year. And that really is a bummer for the folks. But, you know, Canada's being a lot more hardcore with its lockdown than obviously we are in the U.S. as we're trying to, like, really move forward. I think another interesting thing out there this week that's going to get more uh, attention as we move closer to number 47, well, teams have come out, and it started out with the Broncos, Bucks, and Seahawks. I think the Lions have joined them. They say they're going to skip reporting the off-season voluntary workouts. They say CV-19 concerns, but I don't know anybody who's been around and has watched Labor negotiations between the NFLPA or whatever it's called now, DeMarcus and Company, or DeMorris, shall we say, and you know the league, Roger and his owners, you know that there's not a lot of love there. And I think the players are basically saying, look, we survived COVID without any training camp, did virtual meetings, you know, we cool. So I think this is more a play of saying, you know what? We don't want to deal with your voluntary program. We'll deal with ourselves. Problem with that, as I just saw on one of the later sports centers before I was doing some prepping for this episode, you've got people who have financial incentives tied to participating in these voluntary workouts. So what happens if some of these guys, you know, pull a 1987? and cross the line. Is that going to cross problems in the locker room where people are going to say, homie, you have to get your paper. We understand. Keep an eye on that. But yeah, the players are just like saying, you know, great. You'll see, you're will you going to see more of this. People, you know, all of a sudden taking the umbrella of COVID concerns, even though we're getting, you know, vaccinated more and more as a population. Hey, you know what? There's a loophole, and you don't want to like deal with more authority. Oh, well, go work it, I guess. And, you know, speaking of the No Fun League, they've come out and said that employees, going along to Mr. Simmons, who, re- who resists taking the vaccine, they will have limited access to team facilities in 2021. Not exactly what sure, not exactly sure what that means quite yet, but basically if you're an anti-vaxxer and don't want to show the, vas- the vaccine passport to get in the door, Have some interesting conversations either way on that. Glad this podcast isn't about that. I can guarantee you that. So, keep an eye on that. Um, We know that the Bo Sox, J.D. Martinez, is in the league's quarantine health and safety protocol after testing positive uh, for COVID 19. Hope he gets well. Lakers had a scare as Alonzo McKinney. Lakers are already thin. Talk about that momentarily. He had to miss Monday's game as... There were some concerns that he may have been in contact with somebody who came back clear and played last night. Speaking of the Lakers, and this is always interesting when you talk about California as they went from being one of the most shut down states to talking about being open as early as June 15th. Well, what do we know? The Lakers are going to have fans at the Staples Center tomorrow night for the first time. Fans in the first time? to like bask in that championship aura of walking in and hearing your world champion Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah, 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 yeah. But here's the catch. Attendees at the Staples Center, and they're playing the Celtics. Always a big deal when the boys from Beantown you know, reheat the rivalry with the Lakers. Anyway, you will have to show either proof of vaccination or a recent negative COVID test. Remember what uh, the court man was saying last night? Not last night, last week, excuse me. <laughs> Which is funny. If you caught that episode, great conversation. Big shout out to J.K. for for coming on with us. Can't wait to have him back again. But it's going to be interesting because you do have people who are resisting this. Not getting into that debate. You know, I'm supposed to get my first shot Friday, but I've got some other stuff going on, so I may have to move it. But you know, I'm trying to get it, so I'm not in that camp as far as, you know, yeah, I, I feel you're going to have to have that to go to concerts games some workplaces here in Lane County are already saying yo you can't come back on the premises without it so I think it's just something we're going to have to deal with whether you like it or not and think it's a return to Nazi Germany as JK the quarterman said last week I'm not going to go that far but it's interesting times that we live in for sure across the globe the uh, and league one the league you know that I follow RC Lens had four players out you know that Real Madrid, Sergio Ramos, who was already rehabbing an injury, he's now self-isolating after somehow contracting this and testing positive for COVID-19. Hope those players at RC Lens and Mr. Ramos get well soon. Then we had the situation in SCCL last night. As all of Jalensk, I know I just pronounced that wrong, <laughs> but better than last week, they were forced to leave 11 players at home. Last night with his return fixture with Atlanta, it was played outside at uh, Kennesaw State. Why? Because couldn't, you know, pass quarantine protocol, so they had to be left behind. So they played a little bit shorthanded. That was kind of unfortunate for them. We'll talk a little bit more about that when we get to the beautiful game life. Uh, Let's go more on the positive side here. Reports say that uh, 90% of the White Sox have been vaccinated, so they're over Major League's 85% threshold for loosening quarantine protocols and restrictions around the clubhouse as far as what the players can do, so good for the Chai Sox. Cool thing I saw last night as far as like living in this state, because I think this state, even more so than California, Cape the Great, Has done what she could, what she has been able to do to ensure safety, in her words. But yes, we saw fans in an event in Oregon last night. Timbers SCL SCCL against marathon, not marathon, as I was saying last week. There were about what five, six thousand people at at Providence Park. So yeah, folks, we're definitely moving on. Things are happening way quick here. The flip side of that would be, as we talked about Canada and it's, you know, I don't want to say paranoia, I will say over-cautious approach to dealing with this. They're basically telling the White Caps, who basically have to play their games in the United States for the foreseeable future, they don't want any fans at their games. Basically, it's going to come down from Canada saying, yeah, you guys are playing in Salt Lake City, but no fans. In case you guys have to come back here, we don't want anybody bringing that stuff back to our country, so... Kind of a weird situation where every MLS club is basically welcoming fans, but then you have Vancouver playing in Salt Lake City, not having fans. Yeah, you figure that one out. Okay, and so here's the thing. You know, talking about states that are, you know, with their finger on the trigger as far as like, hey, it's open, we're open for business, it's on. So Nevada says, according to their governor, they will be open to 100% capacity on July on June first, so that pretty much means that the seven ten fight with uh, which I'll talk about later, uh, you know, with uh, Connor, that's on, that's going to be on like Donkey Kong, and then the Connor Calf Gold Cup final played at the Death Star Allegiant Stadium on eight one. Those are going to be played in full full houses. So we're we've moved forward, folks. You know, no way to shape the discussion. I've always said, you know, let's see what the data tells us. And right now, you know, it's too inconclusive to know. I do see that numbers are going up across the country. It's not an alarming tick, but it's something that has people taking a pause for concern. You know, obviously, they pulled out the Johnson & Johnson for the rotation because of clot issues, blood clot issues, I should say. So... (sighs) Yeah, you know, and with all these people still getting sick, you know, I have a feeling the COVID Chronicles isn't going anywhere anytime soon. I think that we will be talking about this segment through the summer, you know, just based on today and looking at what I thought was going to be a small report. Turned out to be a long one. All right, folks, that was a fun segment. Going to take a quick break here. We're going to flip it over, get our cool sunglasses and our adult beverages and take a trip high above campus. Welcome back to Fox Trotting in the Foxhole. Season 2, episode 14. Sixers really taking care of business. We've got zeros with Philadelphia and Sarpicia. A lot more peaceful than the tie last week because we recorded the episode roughly about the same time. Got pretty ugly down there. Talk about that and the beautiful game life coming for us shortly. Meanwhile, let's go grab our sunglasses, our adult beverages, our hipster clothes, our fixed gear bike, Packing it all, and our Gulf Steam 550, taking a high view above campus. So with the NCAAs out of the way and, you know, only so much coverage about what's going on as far as, you know, the FCS seasons that are in progress, trying to watch a game, can actually find one, things are a little bit compressed this week, right? You know, it's almost sort of like, you know, digging through the haystack, looking for that needle, as far as finding points for the outline. So, you know, this, we're at that time of the year. But we're going to try to give as much coverage as we can to the spring sports. And that's going to require us to do a little bit more research. Indeed. So, let's talk about it. Well, one of the things that came out last week, which I thought was interesting, and, you know, I've been a, wow, that was kind of loud, folks. Hit that meter pretty hard. You know, I've been a strong advocate against, you know, opening up paying college athletes. There's a lot of reasons for that. But then something always happens that gets that gets shoved in my face that just says, and you still don't think homeboys and homegirls should get paid. And when you find out about the process of firing and hiring a coach at a Power 5 school in a, shall we say, Showcase Conference, which would be the Southeastern Conference, the SEC. Auburn. So, you know, getting rid of the Balzón era and getting a new coach and, and buyouts, that costs $73 million to basically change administration. Now, I don't know what more could make an argument as far as some, some level of compensation. If we're going to throw around that kind of money, to to replace somebody that's giving us an ulcer with somebody that we hope brings us glory, yeah, you know it's kind of hard to tell these kids, you know, hey, you can't get some compensation for what you bring to the table. Now I'm still gonna be on record as I've, I'm against it because I don't think you can stop domination by a few schools that have endless resources. I think once you have endless resources and the idea that these kids aren't stupid, they're like, saying, well, yo, how can I be as worth, you know, let's say I'm, uh, I'm, you know, Trevor Lawrence, you know, or I'm one of the bad boys at, at Bama or at LSU. How are you going to tell me that I'm a Heisman candidate bringing in, like, let's say, when they say Johnny Football brought in $48 million, he was responsible for. $48 million just because of, you know, his presence and what he did for AM. and You know, how are you going to compare that to somebody who's not even on the traveling squad? But when you see a number like 73 million, it does make you take a pause for the cause. You know, I'm not going to admit that I'm, that I'm completely wrong and have to retract my position on that. But, you know, these numbers that keep coming out and 73 million just to change administrations, that's just unacceptable. That's absolutely ridiculous. Speaking of LSU, they're in all sorts of hot water. Gee, I wonder why. You got sexual misconduct allegations about Coach O looking the other way or not being proactive. The less Miles, you know, racial discrimination now. Too many black girls working in the athletic department and not having enough blondes, apparently, as we know his thing for blondes. Really, dude? Yeah, you know, I was thinking you might be able to get some kind of coaching job. You're pretty much going to be mud. Back. Pretty sure your wife, because um, she hasn't figured out how to like separate from you quite yet. You've been sleeping on the couch with the dog for a while because you eat the doghouse and your former school is deep in the doghouse. Um, speaking of the NCAA as, as an organization as a whole, well, they're going to be meeting with the Women's Basketball Coaches Association. They're going to meet with the Oversight Committee of the NCAA, and they're going to try to discuss the inequalities in the men and women's tournaments. And, you know, I talked about my thing on Title IX, and, you know, the gender uh, inequalities will come up a couple of times in this podcast. I, you know, I, I've had some interesting opinions on Title IX, but not everybody agrees with. But I am f- for it, even though it, it's silly when sometimes you have programs that can, you know, even get their parents and friends to go to games as far as being able to generate some kind of revenue. Because I think when we get into big-time college sports, it is all about the dollars. You know it is. So let's not even pretend. But here's the thing. That, yes, the women's tournament in basketball, for example, does run at a deficit. However, since the men's is able to almost generate a billion in profit, there's enough cheddar around to fund Title IX programs. Simple as that. You know, right? You take some of that wealth and make sure that we have gender gender equality, I don't have a problem with that. It's a sensible thing to do if you are in this weird business of athletics for profit at a research institution, which many of these schools are. I mean, there's not, hey, we're just a football school, even though you might... Wonder about some of those schools in Florida where it's like, like you know, Florida International, you know, Florida Atlantic. It's like, hey, let's add water and boom, we have a football program. Oh yeah, we have a university along with it. A little sarcasm there, but anyway. So speaking of NCAA again, we have folks from the Lynx WNBA team. They are lobbying the NCAA to really come out strong as far as defending transgender rights and access to sports across the U.S. As you know, or you don't know, that many states are now trying to draft legislation that would prevent folks that fit in that category from being able to participate in terms of that, you know, if I don't want to get into specifics here because I, don't want to, you know, I, I try to keep things neutral. but I think you know where I'm getting at. In terms of the unfair advantages that, these laws supposedly are trying to uh, protect everybody else from. Gotta be a nasty fight. Got WNBA players as always with their activism out in front of this thing. There you go. Okay, then we have the AAC, the American Athletic Confer- Conference. They've joined the MAC and the ACC. And allowing student athletes to transfer in between schools, that's schools within the conference, without having to forfeit for the year, as has been previously done. Well, duh. I mean, it's interesting now that everybody wants to get paid. All of a sudden, you were getting this ease of the rules, and that kind of funny. Like, well, you know, we got to throw them some kind of boom, honey, child. That isn't gonna help you, right? The time has passed. I mean, it, it just seems ridiculous that we've gone this long with such archaic rules in terms of, like I said. 73 million to change administrations at Auburn from one coach to another, and these kids, you know, can't leave and be able to play for somebody in the, in the, in the, in the a rival school in the conference immediately. GTFO, as they like to say. Okay, we have a big hire that just went down. Saw that, you know, while I was putting my final touches on, on this episode. We see the U of A, when I say U of A, that would be the folks down in Tucson. University of Arizona in Tucson. Well, we know that controversial and embattled coach Sean Miller was relieved of his duties last week. And now we know the Wildcats are going to go with Zags assistant Tommy Lloyd to replace him. Sounds like a solid thing given how solid the Zags have been with Mark Few. Working with Mark Few, I can see how somebody would want to pick from his staff Good luck there, Tommy. You're going to need it because, you know, the Pac-12, as they just proved in this year's tournament. Got some ballers down there. Okay, let's move around here as we wrap up our high view of up campus. We can tell you that the Frozen Four went down over the weekend. You know what the Frozen Four is. That's when the hockey boys get together. And I can tell you that UMass, queuing up that Pixies song from Trump de Le Monde. Yeah, great album, huh? They win the Frozen Four with a 5-0 win over St. Cloud State. Okay. Little, time for a little sarcasm. I'm trying to think. St. Cloud State and how, how they're in Division I and how that all would even work out. But this kind of ch- shows you how many hockey programs. And i wonder, do you have to have, get a waiver to play Division One? Because, I? Mean, I wonder how that all works. Because you're like, look at South Cloud State, and you're like, how is that even, you know, D1? Anyway, (laughs) congratulations to the Minutemen of UMass for winning the Prism 4. Props to you guys. Heck yeah. Then you have Eddie George. Another quick shout out for him. He just got hired at Tennessee State. Fantastic. Given some of these guys, like Deion Sanders, even though we were a little bit harsh on him recently, given these guys who want a shot, great to see that money's being poured into the HBCUs. We hear that Ray Lewis and Ed Reed would also like to have opportunities to coach there. I think it's fantastic. You know, see what kind of success these guys have at those programs. Perhaps other schools in the Power Five or elsewhere, we'll be looking at these guys as opposed to some of those recycled garbage that we're seeing, and then maybe, who knows, do well enough upturn maybe the No Fun link will come calling, but I think that's a wonderful thing that these guys want to put themselves, you know, in front of the effort to get more visibility at the HBCUs. Story, really black college and universities, folks. Cool, this stuff. Another cool thing. What about North Texas State? Hop, is it Trotwine or Trotwine? So she does a perfect game in the the 3-0 win over Arkansas, Pine Buff. But check this out, people. She struck out every batter, 21 in all. 21 Ks in the perfect game, struck out everybody. What kind of nonsense is that? So you know what? (laughs) Way to go, Hope. What an impressive feat. Dang. Okay. So looking around the rest of the college landscape, we've got Arkansas and Vandy are one and two in the latest Baseball America Top 25 poll. We have Oklahoma and UCLA one and two in the latest Top 25 softball poll. And for you folks locally, Lady Ducks are five and... The men are, I think, 19, having a impressive year, even higher than perennial contender Oregon State. Yeah, in fact, the Ducks swept the Beavers over the weekend. If you were watching it on TV. All right, and for kicks and giggles, on my way out, I will also tell you that Maryland, the Terps, are number one in men's lacrosse, and undefeated UNC is topping the ladies' rankings. Okay, that was a fun flight over campus. As the Philadelphia Union just score to take a 2-0 aggregate lead, looking really good for the MLS teams in the opening round of SECL. be talking more about that, obviously, in the beautiful game life, but we'll be back with some other goodies shortly. Right then. Welcome back to Fox Trying to get a Foxhole. Season two, episode 14, number 46 overall. Big shout out once again to our sponsors. And uh, other cool people like Rode and Zoom for all the cool tools that help us, podcasters, videographers. Wow, this uh 76ers Brooklyn game, which I think the last segment they I was They were up by 18. It's like a three-point game, and this is without KD and Kyrie. We'll talk about that momentarily when we get to the NBA, but we always like to give those timestamps as far as when it's being recorded. So it's kind of fun when you're listening, whether it's a day or a couple of weeks, whatever the case may be. That's the beautiful thing about podcasts. It's just there, and you go check it out. All right, so let's talk about something you should probably know or just a window in the world of other things in the sporting life. Well, we know this week, after appearing like we might have made some progress in this world and that we were, I mean, okay, that might be just too cynical to say. But we hadn't had a police shooting involving a person of color, African-American man, Getting killed, lady said that it was a taser. She's being charged, I guess, you know, with uh, manslaughter or something crazy like that. I haven't really peered too much into it, but, you know, she obviously said she was reaching for her taser and it turned out to be her gun during a traffic stop. Doesn't matter what the circumstances are. Anyway, Minneapolis, once again, already with the Chauvin trial, a flashpoint. And, you know, and the stuff that's gone on before there. Don't know what kind of trading is going on there. It's just a mess on so many levels. The teams in the city, basically out of precaution or to make a statement, cancel all their games on Monday. You know, this is after the shooting of, of, of Dante Wright. Um, the Twins played yesterday in front of, with no fans. And I know that the T-Wolves used that opportunity. And I know other people in the NBA to get out some statements and some messaging about this. You know, it's a really unfortunate thing Uh, that has happened once again. There's going to be violence and there's going to be anger and there's going to be discussions. And like I said, we, you know, the Chauvin case is still going. I thought it was a slam dunk, but apparently the defense is trying to push back. And we all know what kind of craziness could possibly, you know, emanate from that should that not be a favorable verdict in in terms of getting justice for uh, Mr. Floyd and his family. And, you know, everybody else that's been following this case. So, you know, it it we know what happened last fall. We had a lot to say about that. I don't. I think we're kind of beyond that. But if these things continue to happen, who knows, you know, the players. You know, obviously, you know, Kyrie said he had uh, a family. They name think Kyrie was so distraught about it. That's why he's not playing and taking a couple of games off. Who knows? We'll get into that momentarily. But, yeah, this is, uh, you know, Something that, that isn't going to go away and it's going to be interesting, you know, how these cases play out, and, you know, the platform. you talked about the WNBA momentarily, NBA players, I mean, the moment ago, I should say, NBA players are in the same bucket as far as their activism and their concern and their, and uh, how shall I say this? you know, having the ability to use, the, you know, their, their positions in the league, you know, as platforms to speak out, you know, and, and fight against racial injustices. So here we go, folks, you know, gonna bu- uh, buckle up as usual, you know, hopefully we can go another long extended period without one of these incidents and you know, focus on the game of sport as opposed to, you know, talking about these sort of things. But, you know, this is life. And so we also have what I talked about last week, which gives me a good segue about the whole Megan R and Draymond. You know, and I thought about this, and I've, and I've seen other people having other discussions. And I always find it amusing, right? The people who don't like sports, really, or, why, or like it as a passing fancy... Are the ones quickly to start screaming and posting, you know, well, Sue Bird versus LeBron and it's just like stop it people. you know, I'm not doubling down. I'm not telling the ladies not to fight for every cent they have. But why does this conversation never come up about movies, right? You know I, I mean, yeah, it kind of does, but not to the same ferocity, right? And you know people are like, well, we should put a cap on how much money they can make. but nobody ever says, okay. You know, Beyonce, there's no cap on it. if she comes up with a song that, you know, is mainstream and, and people from all that like different genres are all into it and buy it. You don't put a cap on that. Stop trying to put a ceiling on what people can make. And stop being bitter if your product can't generate the revenue where there can be a fair balance. There's no way, even though Sue Bird's a badass, there's no way you're ever going to tell me that because of what the NBA generates, that she should get what LeBron does. It's just, it's, it's a non-starter for me. You know, I can appreciate people having the conversation, but come on, you know, right? You know, I mean, it's too bad that men invented a lot of the cool sports and that were dominated by men, so it has a stronger uh, tradition and passion among males and females and people that don't want to be assigned to anything else. It just has more tradition. You know, maybe the ladies need to come up with a a unique sport that men and women will follow and will have that popularity. It's just that simple. I mean, I'm not trying to be a misogynist or a sexist. Like I said, I have no problem with them scratching and clawing for every cent they can. I'm just a realist. And, you know, at some point, you you know, you're going to have conversations that are meaningful. But when you start saying, well, because LeBron makes this and it makes you angry, when you know that the, (laughs) excuse me, WNBA has been subsidized by the NBA the whole time. You know how people probably make those arguments like, well, why, you know, they're actually, no, they're not, you know. And they, that was the whole thing with my problem with them fighting with Kelly Loeffler. You know, that Kelly Loeffler brought something to the table as far as money and fans that kind of followed it. Not saying she didn't have to go, but that's a dangerous slope when you, or basically, fledgling league. Yes, you have to. I I have applaud I've applauded the ladies on this show many times for their activism. But I'm still a realist when it comes to business, right? I'm still a capitalist, and you know what the guy said in the Boogie Nights, yeah, boy, Gandolfini, you know the scene. So you know that's what it comes down to, man. All right, I just wanted to like you know expand on that once again. It for me, it's all about what you can bring, what you're bringing to the table, and what people are willing to pay for it. Not sexist, not racist, just dollars and cents. Okay. Was that pretty moving? Let's talk about the Masters. Masters didn't get moved, as we said here. Way, you know, that was, that was not going to happen. I mean, you know, that the chairman, as I said last week, came out, made a decent statement. You know, they made some uh, nice gestures to Payne College, the, the HBCU outside of Augusta you know made uh, Lee, Lee Elder and honorary doctor scholarships But the coolest thing was having Lee be the honorary starter with Gary Player and Jack Nicholas uh, you know even though hard and cynical folks and those forget about those wackos you know on keyboard warriors on social you know social media forget about those they have, they can be sour by anything but I think anybody else had to like be you know totally moved by watching. And, you know, just the grace and, and dignity at Lee showed. You know, it's always great to see Gary and Jack out there, three men in their 80s. Um, yeah, just, you know, and you read, you know, and you know about Elder, you know, in terms of what he did and what that paved the way. So you see guys like Tiger Woods and, and, you know, Tony Finau. And hopefully, you know, we haven't seen more people. We haven't seen more diversity. But at the same time, you know, seeing a guy from Japan, win the masters over the weekend and a lot of people thought it was kind of boring i thought it was great actually um the you know the silent assassin had his moment had some uh, young talent show and that's why i enjoyed about it um i thought that uh you know Shoffley was uh you know i thought he he took the gamble Didn't pay off for him, but you got to give him, you know, props for trying. You know, right? That the other kid, uh, Will Slatorius. Fantastic. It was a great weekend of golf, you know. Augusta is always the star of the show. Fantastic. So, yes. Anyway, Hideki Matsusuba wins the Masters by one stroke over Slatorius after Shafuvi's gamble doesn't, you know, pay off. The silent assassin made a run. You know, Justin Rose looked poised for the first two days. But I kind of felt that, you know, Hideki, when he hit that eagle on Saturday, I just said, wow, you know, I I, I was thinking I could do it. If he takes an eagle, he's going to take control of this tournament. And that's exactly what happened. You know, I'm not trying to say I know that much about golf. I know enough. But you could just get the sense that that was a very big point there. I wasn't, yeah, when he eagled on 15 on Saturday. And I think that just really set the table. Okay, so fantastic weekend in Augusta. Can't wait for the U.S. Open. And also, you know, the PGA Open, that, that, that's this time, in this window now, and they've swapped things around. So a lot of cool championship golf to come. Like I said, folks, it's on. Uh, what else is going on? So we had the quarterman on last week. I will tell you that there was a race at Martinsville, and Martin Truex Jr., who was a favorite of the quarterman, He out-dueled the the quarterman's nemesis, Denny Hamlin, to get the win at Martinsville. Got a little bit of that. So, all right, let me get my sarcasm in here, you know, because I'm always talking about, you know, trends I see on social media. What do you think about the NWSL and the WNBA uniform drops and all the wackiness surrounding it, you know? Once again, you know, talk about, like, the IG generation influencing sports. know. And, uh, and this is, goes back to me. I don't want to sound like I'm bashing the WNBA or the NWSL. But, you know, people talking about how cool these kits were, and kits, u- uniforms, you know, almost to, like, make up for the lack of attention you're getting. It's like I always hear, you know, well, the NWSL had this many mentions. I'm like, why do you need to tell me how many social media mentions? You know, if your product is drawing that attention, who cares how many mentions you're getting? And I mean, this, and I felt like this whole push from everybody that's in, you know, that, you know, the cabal as far as the media and the influencers go, they've tried to go out of their way to like make this uniform drop because they both happen, I think, the same day in in our faces. It's like, okay. You know, the ladies are smarter, so maybe they need a little bit more fashion sense. But, you know, I've seen all these dudes. Well, I can't wait. Well, great. No, nothing about that. But it sort of, it kind of matters about what's inside the uniform. You know, I'm just sitting here like, man, this is just like such an IG influencer kind of thing. Like, I can't wait to be seen in this. And, you know, I've been talking about the whole thing with MLS, MLS case, but the whole thing with the NWSL. You know, like this whole thing of acceptance. I mean, wait till Angel City gets fully online next year. Boy, that's going to be, you know, you know, a lot of them are my LAMC brethren, but watch out for that bunch. You know, this is just, yeah, it's it's really interesting to watch. That's why I bring it up, because that's what we talk about when it's something you should probably know or a window into other things in sports. And that's definitely it. If you did not follow that, it's too bad. If mean, you did not follow it, but just get, get cap a whiff of it. These people are just out of their minds. And you're just like, when, at the end of the day, it's a uniform. And, you know, Nike, who's a little bit more clever than a knows how to get in your wallet. You know, that's the way from I'm Phil, I'm, I'm here in Eugene. <laughs> I know what Nike can do to get in your wallet. And they did a good job with these uniforms, you know. So the ladies are going to be looking fun. Although, some of it I thought was kind of garish, really. But that's just me. I'm a traditionalist. <coughs> Okay, enough about that. See, we're talking about all kinds of cool stuff here. <laughs> that must be the beautiful weather. So, we had a UFC fight night in Las Vegas over the weekend and a battle of middleweights. Marvin Venatori defeats Kevin Holland by way of a decision. I guess Venatori sets a record with 11 takedowns registered during the fight. Cool stuff. As I said earlier, we know now that there will be a McGregor Poirier 3 in Las Vegas on 710. Life is moving on pretty quickly, and then the not so happy. And I've told I've told you about this in previous episodes and how I frowned on this. Okay, because I guess the Tyson when he fought, he was able to generate what 1.6 million pay per views. I don't know what that translates money wise, but obviously somebody got paid. So now everybody that had a career at some point has got to strap it back on. And I can confirm that a 58 year old. Evander, real deal Holy Film, is going to fight on June the 5th. Oh, you know, it's just getting ridiculous. I mean, I've heard you talk, Evander. are Marvel's already a little mixed up enough already? did you just chill? Yeah, I-, I get it, you know. 1.6 million pay-per-views, you know, you're going to get something out of it. I get that. But uh, it was just like, and I know people will watch. But, oh, man, come on. It's just getting ridiculous. It's so ridiculous, I think I need to go find an adult beverage for the next next segment. We'll be back momentarily. Okay, welcome back to Fox Truck in the Foxhole. Season 2, episode 14, number 46 overall. Well, 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 the roof has caved in for a separate side. Philadelphia Union up 3-0 in the 81st minute. All right, folks. So let's see what's going on. Night full of diamonds and a skate across the ice. Well, we'll start with MLB. And in the... Never ending, what the, you know what are you doing, baseball is tinkering once again. Now, I can appreciate innovation, but then there are some times you have to stop out yourselves. And this idea of moving the mound back to 61.6 from its 60 foot, 6 inches spot now is absolutely crazy, as is the, the double hook rule for DHs. If you take the stirring pitcher out, you don't get the use of DH. They're using the, uh, what is it, the Athletic League? I have this written down. Yes, the Athletic League. Independent League that has a partnership with MLB, and that's where they try some of these innovations, like you see with the runners starting extra innings in second base and some of the other cocky many things that they're trying. I mean, obviously, my, I don't know. I'm not for it, but I guess... When you're trying to appeal to a newer generation and you're trying to generate offense, you'll try anything. And another interesting move as far as MLB goes, we talked quite a bit about the All-Star game. Well, I can say, and I'm not sure it makes much difference right now, but I do feel that the GOP senators who are making a move to strip MLB of its antitrust exemptions is worth taking note of. Why is it worth taking note of? Well, if the Republicans ever get control of one of the houses again, it could be trouble for baseball. Baseball has been skating a long time on its antitrust exemptions. And, you know, and it's crushed competition in the past, going back to the Federal League way back when, that Federal League, then the Outlaw League in the 1940s. You get it. And so, and I think that some of the heavy handedness by baseball, as I said on this show, by not opening up the discussions and having everybody involved and seeking more input, not making a knee jerk reaction, has opened themselves up to this. And baseball better be very careful and better start making some friends on both sides of the aisle. You want a tip? There's, a, there's one right there. Okay, on the diamond. Cool thing last week, to see San Diego native Joe Musgrove made a storyline of dreams, wouldn't you say? He throws the Padres' first ever no-hitter on Friday evening versus the Rangers. Always good for a hometown kid, playing for the hometown team. And because the Padres, who had been formed in, what, 1969, I believe it is, never had a no-hitter before, that hometown kid is the one that throws the first in franchise history. Gotta think that's pretty cool stuff, yeah. Okay, and speaking of the Padres, I didn't talk about this last week. I don't know how I skipped it, but should the Padres be concerned? You know, with the big investment that they have with uh, Tatis Jr., the injuries, the nagging injuries. That is this going to be a problem throughout his career, or just maybe this is something he's shaking off early? You have to always wonder that when you know a little bit about baseball history. In terms of that's why these contracts over the long haul, really scare me, you know, right? But um, we'll keep an eye on that. Well, last week I told you how the Bo Sox were stumbling. You know, that night I was at the bar. Asked my friend who's the expert around here when it comes to the Red Sox, He said, what are you talking about? And I go back home and sure enough, the Red Sox have won five or six in a row. They're now cruising, kind of like dictating things back to normal. That, you know, getting Mr. Cora back in the helm. Things are uh, looking up, even though we lost Amanda, COVID. we talked about that, but he'll be back. But it's actually looking good. Uh, the Dodgers are really looking good. Took care of the Nats, got their rings. Did you see the cute little box? I mean, beautiful ring. You see the cute box that like you flip it up and it's got like an embedded video of everybody, you know, pr- you know, their participation in the celebration and highlights from the World Series. Good stuff. Very classy of the Dodgers there. I think it's kind of interesting that MLB is already keeping an eye on Mr. Bauer. Confiscating his balls. Yeah. I told you a few weeks ago that MLB was going to like step up its effort as far as trying to police the doctoring of balls. A time-honored tradition that people have always looked the other way. Well, baseball was serious. And based on the way they are looking at Mr. Bauer, he could be in for a long season of fines and harassment. That's just the way it goes. Okay. Talk about the ice real quickly. You know, why did they get a guest on here to talk about that? But it was too cool and eventually blew me off. Not my fault. So what can I tell you? The Sabres in their losing skid. That was a delay because it was like 12, 13 games, you know. But hey, they're in their losing streak. They've actually won two games since, you know, we last talked. Power rankings for this week. What do we got? We got the abs at the top spot. The Caps in two. The Vegas Golden Knights three. The Leafs four. The Defending Champs five. Still a lot of jockeying. Kind of interesting to see the abs up there two weeks in a row. Be keeping your eye on that. As I told you, the season's going to be pushed back a week. I think it's going to be longer as we sort of deal with rescheduling the games with the Canucks. And whatever else may come up before then. All right, folks, that is not the end of this segment. We're going to take a quick break or a little quick pause, I should say, while I adjust something. Okay, back. Yeah, the roof is really caved in. Boy, we're going to have a lot to talk about in the beautiful game life. So let me let me wrap up this and let's switch to the hardwood and talk some NBA here. You know, I talked about what went on in Minnesota in the previous segment, you know, and uh, I think it bears repeating in this one as far as, you know, uh, the, the when you talk about the NBA and the conscience for everyone because apparently, you know, their moral compass seems to be higher than anyone else's. What do you think about Kerr and Pop? You know, and this is a question that, you know, for everybody, ftinfx at gmail.com, by the way. F T I N F X at gmail.com. Uh, you know, if you ever want to drop me a line, if you want to come on the show or answer these questions, you probably won't, but I put it out there. But do you think they should keep preaching or S T F U? And I know you know what that means. So, and why I say that, I mean, I get up there and Poppy goes on these rants. His heart's in the right place, I suppose. But, you know, when you start talking about wanting to cancel, you know, certain, you know, owners because they have ties to, you know, the GOP or the right, you're overstepping your bounds, dog. You know, you can be upset about the shootings, but, you know, you have this high moral crap, and I know that's why Kawhi got tired of you and ran from you as quickly as he can, because I think we're going to find out Kawhi's got some interesting beliefs. It's mere speculation, but I get the feeling, you know, that even Pop's too woke for Kawhi. And cur the same way, right? You know, it's almost like these guys have to get on their pedestal and tell us, you know, this hot that you know, yeah, we have to be, we have to like preach to you because you're too oppressed <laughs> to understand what's being, you know, um, forced upon you or what you're being subjected to. It's just like you know. Anyways, keep preaching or STF view FTI and FX at gmail. And oh man. The Philadelphia Union have scored again. It is 4-0 as we are entering stoppage time. Wowzers. (laughs) Okay. I'll get off the soapbox. I'll leave Pop and Kerr alone. Email me if you got an opinion on that. That is a nice goal. Philadelphia Union just taking it to them. Power rankings. The NBA. The Suns are at number one. So, are we... Legit, or are we fool's gold? They're scrappy. I watched them, you know, before uh, LeBron went down. But I'm I'm, I'm still calling fool's gold here. Tough out, but still fool's gold. Got the Jazz at number two. Tougher out. Maybe not so much fool's gold, but still not believing they can win the West. The three of the Nets. If they're healthy, we know they're not fool's gold. The question is healthy, mentally, straight, who knows? Number four, the next. Interesting whether or not they're legit or fool's gold. We'll get to that in a minute. And then the Los Angeles Clippers. Well, you know what I think about that. They, they, they got playoff rondo. Playoff rondo already making contributions and showing, you know, that championship medal that he possesses yeah so what happened last week we saw the sun stop the jazz and we saw the jazz stop phoenix the following night and probably the eyebrow raiser of the week the the hobbling lakers go into new jersey with kd and kyrie in the lineup and the lakers thrash the nets and it was one of those nights Right, you know, underhanded even, Lakers balled out and kind of showed you what that supporting cast can do. But if you're the Nets, I don't take too much of it. You know, right? It's kind of like the, the shoe was on the other foot for once. You didn't take them that serious. They got out for this game. And, you know, when they Lakers lost to the Nets, you know, a couple of days later, it kind of just shows you that they put their efforts all in to try to like, make a good showing against the Nets. Good, good, good show for the Lakers in the Barclays Center. Uh, Curry dropped fifty on the as the Nugs kind of stumble. And the thing about the Nugs is that you know you saw that Jamal Murray tore his ACL, so his certain his status is uncertain. And if they weren't fools gold before, honey child, they fools gold now. I mean, I didn't know We might have to come up with something else for that if they don't have Murray. Just saying, you know. Another impressive thing that happened, in spite of uh, the jazz we were just talking about, I mean, Mr. Mitchell puts up 42 points, but guess what? Their 24-game home winning streak comes to an end at the Wizards. Wizards have been playing tough all over the place. May not show on the record, but hey, we all know Russ has that D-O-double-G going. You know, it doesn't necessarily always translate the wins, But, you know, if everything's clicking, they can get you. And going and winning in Salt Lake City, that's pretty impressive. Straight up. Uh, You need to keep an eye on the Celtics. It had some big wins. They obviously beat Denver. Beat the Blazers last night in Moda. Hard-fought game. But, yeah, Tatum put up 50 points last week. Definitely keep an eye on the Celtics as they quietly start to rise above the 500 line. Word is that Braun and A-Day are still weeks away from returning. How will that affect the playoffs, you know, the, the 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 Lakers' chances? Well, they're gonna be there. It's them falling to the play, the play-in seat. Well, you know, this road trip, which is supposed to be, you know, the death knell for them, is a seven-game road trip as they always take around this time of year. People were saying one and six, two and five, they were four and three. You know, he obviously threw in that Brooklyn one was impressive. Even beating the uh, Hornets last night in Charlotte, key stuff. So, you know, as long as they – I mean, I, even if they're in the play-in play, play in round, whatever, you know, if AD and LeBron are healthy. And the key minutes, these guys like Schroeder, uh, Markeith, Caruso, oh, yeah, 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 you don't want to hear about the Lakers too much. But, yeah, point being, I think they'll be fine. Um, you know, Andre Drummond, he's out there hustling, he had a great game against the Nets last two games, not so much, but it brought up a case and you saw, uh, what's his face? Look at me. I can I'm already drawing a blank. Mr. Griffin, you know, LA Clippers, Pistons, now the Brooklyn Nets, you know, it brought up some conversations with the talking heads this week, talking heads of all asking, do you think the NBA should do something about teams being able to bolster themselves via the buyout market? You know, I, I think the cynics are trying to say and we talked about this last week and some of the previous week. You know, the cynics are trying to say that it's kind of created this loophole for the stronger to get, you know, the rich to get richer, the stronger to get stronger. That may be all true. But I thought Mr. Charles Barkley who I rarely agree with, and at least in my opinion, seldom has words of wisdom that I want to hear. He dropped some interesting stuff last week when they were talking about Drummond. He just said basically that you can't get mad at the Lakers if your GMs were too dumb enough, to know, because the Lakers got him for nothing, you know, basically like in soccer, getting somebody for a free transfer. If you had the power to prevent that from happening some way, then you should have. Don't cry about it if you had the opportunity to offer him a deal and make his services worth your time or his time, you know, the mutual thing going there. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, I, I think it's sour grapes. It creates interesting drama. But yeah, the way the rich definitely loaded it up, I don't know, people may have problems with that. So speaking of the play-in game, they're playing around. Luca and Cuban, you know, because they've had their struggles with Brasingus being in and out of the lineup. They don't they're not a big fan of it. Well, of course you're not a, a big fan of it, but you agreed to it, you know. And he said in hindsight it was a mistake. Well, yeah, it was a mistake not to wait a lot longer and let people have rest. You know, the fact that you guys were so Say, like, getting back up there and, and trying to generate some kind of revenue, you could have waited and see where we are with vaccines. We could have started this on Easter and ran it into the fall like last year. No one would have complained. We could have adjusted our viewing habits. You know, I don't like that because I think personally, the play in round creates more storyline, suspense, more basketball. A lot of cool stuff went on last year, and I really think it should be a permanent thing. The more the merrier, the more competition. And as we saw, like with UCLA, you know, in the first four, it wasn't a barrier to them almost reaching the championship game. Stop, folks. You whine too much. What do you think about Mr. Simmons and his comments about winning the defensive player of the year? And the, I, mean, I think it's absurd because he said, well, he's talking about Rudy Gobert. Like, well, I put 42 on him. I go, yeah, you put 42 on him. But then again, you just struggled to beat the Nets without KD and Kyrie. I mean, maybe Kyrie played, but, you know, I know KD wasn't out there. So, you no, Harden wasn't out there. So, I mean... <sighs> All these people talking, you know, and I've brought this up many times. And try to cut this. I've been talking too long on this segment. But what is it about all these people trying to anoint themselves and make their case? You know, let the writers do that. You know, I mean, coming out and saying, especially Simmons, even Draymond, saying he might be the best defender of all time. You don't get to determine that. And in Ben Simmons' case, quit. The Sixers are a great story, but do I think they can beat Brooklyn when Brooklyn's healthy? Well, I saw Brooklyn, you know, you know, uh short-handed, yeah, you know, they have been a great run. You know, Sixers come away with the with the win, right? I think they ended up winning by six, but they were up by 20, and it was sweating bullets time. So I guess the question is, 76ers, fool's gold or for real? Right now, I'm gonna say fool's gold. Still time to change my mind as the season is rapidly coming to a conclusion. Oh, yeah. What do you think about A-Rod and, you know, being part of a group? You know, A-Rod as in, you know, Mr. J-Lo and in company. Are they back together or who knows what's going on there? Anyways, he's part of a group that's going to buy the Timberwolves and the Lynx think that's cool and then it was funny when they asked the player you know what do you think about that and he said well hey i'm a basketball player i don't know about baseball he's got the money to buy the team you know let's see if he does the right thing with us great point all righty that was a lengthy segment you know got a lot in there and guess what we got a lot more coming on the other side because there's so much going on in the beautiful game life we'll be back momentarily Welcome back. Fox try to get a foxhole. Season two. Episode 14, number 46 overall. Faithful Hall Skin Heartland here. Time for some beautiful game life. Boys, there a lot going on. Woo! So we'll see how long this takes us to get through. You know, I love talking about the beautiful game life. One of the few places, I mean, unless you follow it, then like my, my teams, LAFC and PSG. You know, everybody's got their blog, especially LAFC. I mean, somebody was saying the other day, well, hey, if your blog's not all LAFC, I don't want to hear about it. And, you know, I bet, hey, there's like 105 LAFC blogs and podcasts and it, funny stuff. So let's get to it. So I've been talking about racism last week, the whole thing with La Liga. and La Liga sort of saying there's no evidence player coming back and you know, clapping back and saying there was and hopefully they'll prove it, but they couldn't find none. But I don't know if La Liga is just covering its tracks or there's no way of proving it. Keep an eye on that. But We do know that Slavia Prague's Andre or Andrej Kundal has been banned 10 UEFA matches for racist behavior in a UEL match, Europa League, with Rangers. Well, it's interesting about this. <clears throat> 10 games is the minimum, and that's what he got, you know. Some people say, well, that's because the evidence was scant, or this is, you know, you wait for not dealing with a problem. And I, mean, I think 10 games is pretty good as what is pretty, you know, a, a strong sign, but if it's the minimum, it makes you wonder because the only way we're going to get rid of this ridiculous stuff, you know, ban fans, ban accounts, but players too. You know, I mean, I've seen it, it's just getting ridiculous and you cannot always hide behind some kind of wall and the leagues are reluctant because, you know, they don't want, you know, to see uh, an imbalance in competition. You know, when you start making up stuff in your head, right, you get people filling off the pitch and suspended when there's, you know, nothing really there. It's not saying that's what's going on, but you know that's a possibility and that's what the leagues are trying to do and so... I think they're in a weird spot as they try to combat, you know, the ugly spectrum of racism in the beautiful game. You know, but I think that they have to continue to work harder. And I think that, you know, if 10 games is a minimum, make it 15 or 20. You need to drive home the point that this kind of stuff can no longer be tolerated in any sport, any level. You know, you got to go. Okay, let's talk about the big competitions. Start with Europa which resumes tomorrow, that uh, I can tell you that Roma got two away goals in its win over Ajax in Amsterdam. Arsenal had a very disappointing 1-1 draw with, with the aforementioned Slavia Prague. You know They got that right near the death. Um, I thought Villarreal was was pretty clutch, getting a key away goal, beating uh, Danimo Zagreb, and then you have United getting a, two, a convincing 2-0 win at Granada. Got two away goals. Pretty much can, you know, put that away. Now let's get to the UCL. That's right. The UEFA Champions League. You know, the creme de la creme of all competitions, in my opinion. And you know I'm gloating right now, okay? Because, you know, PSG, the previous week, as I told you, put put up three goals in Munich on a snowy night. Now it's three away goals. Turned out to be pretty pivotal. As yesterday, Bayern wins 1-0 of the Park to Prince. However, because of the away goals, it being 3-3 in aggregate, PSG goes to the next round. Yes, Bayern was missing Lewandowski. Yes, Leon Goretzka. Yes, they were missing the other guy. So some of the creativity. But, you know, Bayern is one of the best squads in the world. And... PSG missing a lot of people as well. Missing their best defender in Marquinhos. Missing Arcardi. Varane didn't play out of precautions. So what did we get? We got two of the best teams in the world. And a very thrilling match yesterday. I mean, crap. What, Neymar hit the post, what, three times? N- N- Mbappe had a couple of shots in front of the goal. Unlike the first tie, where, where Byron had many opportunities that seemed to go not, and Keeler Novice, Matt, and Nauer, both played their asses off, you know, in gold, you know, it was it was fantastic, and, you know, of course, I'm smiling, because all the hate raid just coming out, I mean, Jamie Carragher, good grief, we'll get to him a little bit later in that, in this segment but, you know, all the, you know, all the folks, you know, all of a sudden, you know, coming out, every time BSG does something good, you know, and they'll be, Facing Manchester City, and I'll to get to that in a second. But you know, all the hate, right? It just makes me smile. You know, I mean, just the people coming out of their minds, like going, the competition is being ruined. You know, like the Real Madrid's and Manchester United aren't big money, and they have people backing them. And it's just so silly and. You know, right, this elitism that's really, you know, racism, you know, disguised in another form. Yeah, soccer fans sometimes really just make me make me wretch. But it's also fun when, you know, you see PSG when and people come out of their, uh, come out of their trees. Because all their narratives about Mbappe and Neymar wanting to leave, all of a sudden, well, gee, what do we say now? They just got a big win. They just knocked out the best team in the world, avenging their loss last year. Great red and blues fan. What else in the in the Champions League? You know, we're sitting here rambling over here. Chelsea, Thomas Tuchel. They survived the late challenge by Porto. They put up a goal, but they're they're moving on. The Reds, you know, wild scenes, as I posted on Facebook, on the Facebook page. You like it if you don't already. Um, you know, broken windows. Nobody can score. So Los Blancos is going on. And then you have City and Mr. Hello! The BBB. Well, 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 they traded goals. Exciting step there. You thought when Dortmund scored that goal, you know, there was a ripple across England going, oh, no, City's about to be knocked out. But City prevails based on the 2-1 advantage they came into this second tie with. They're moving on. So what does that mean? That means Manchester City, PSG. Woo wee. I'm telling you folks. And Los Blancos and Chelsea on the other side. You got the oil boys. Then we got the Royals and the Russian Magnet. Yeah. <laughs> if you ever gets big time money in soccer, yeah, you know, the Final Four ain't the place for you. <laughs> okay. Let's move over to SCCL. So, told you what happened earlier with Philadelphia just taking care of some Then we had Atlanta, very solid. They're moving on. Portland hammering Merton, 5-0 last night. Cruz Azil putting up an 8-spot last night. Very nasty. But the key story here, the Cruz still a play, is MLS looking fantastic in this opening round of the SCCL. Not common, you know, not uncommon for MLS teams to do well in this round, but you get the sense that the tide has turned and we may see a MLS team actually represent this region in the Club World Cup later on. Good stuff there. All right. So in the EPL, we had 10 minute leads trip up the aforementioned citizens, Manchester City. You know, the Reds, they actually got a stoppage time winner. Pulisic, who was great with Chelsea today, I mean, he had a brace. Really looking good. Tuchel's boys are really taken, and they bounced back from that disappointing loss. You had West Ham being able to hold off Leicester City. You know, Jesse Lingard's balling. He had a brace. He's got like about eight goals in the last nine games. United, United's road unbeating streak is now 23 after destroying the Spurs. Cavani. Kind of stole the show there. Makes you wonder, will the Spurs show Jose the door at the end of this miserable campaign? Kind of think so. Um, you know, Bundesliga, I'm sure that Byron was trying to get ready for PSG. They kind of stumbled as they, as they played to a 1-1 stalemate with uh, FC Union Berlin. Leipzig-Waltz past passed, Bremen 4-1. Key story is that BVB is struggling, and with their loss today, you have to wonder is Mr. Halan going to be in Barcelona or perhaps in England? It's almost a foregone conclusion, but we'll see what happens. Can't see him being at Borussia Dortmund, especially if there are going to be no European football for the BBV come fall. Um, in La Liga, Los Blancos make it three in a row over Barca. I say they take three points in the latest installment in El Cosico at the Santiago Bernabeu. Atletico Madrid struggles. Was, they had a 1-1 draw at, at Real Petit. What does that tell us? Well, it's pretty tight. Like 67 points for Atletico Madrid. Barca 66, Real Madrid. Fantastic race going on over there in La Liga. Uh, Serie A in wins again, so they maintain their double-digit lead. Western McKinney scores. Fantastic. Always like to see Americans doing well. Over in the other exciting league in Europe that with PSG doing well, there's always more scorn at Jamie character, SOB. Must slap him a taste on his mouth. But anyways, the, I think one of the just as interesting as what's going on in La Liga. Well, you've got PSG. They cruised at Strasbourg, put up four, four goals. Monaco or Dijon. They're about to be relegated. Leon cruised at, at Angé. And Lil wins on the road at Mets. That's pretty bunched up with Lil leading PSG with but by three. You've got uh Leon right behind there in Monaco. Like five points separate four teams as far as who's gonna be in Champions League, who's gonna win League One. Don't be calling going a Farmers League people. Get off that. The US women, their streak is now unbeaten at 38. After pick it, picking up a controversial draw against Sweden and then an impressive win against France. Hey, ladies, you're making it happen. You know, Morgan, you know, all the stars, Miss R. Hey, they've won 38 in a row. What, what are you going to say about that? Good job, ladies. NWSL Challenge, Kip, Challenge Cup kicked off. The good. I we'll got to see Dennis Rodman's daughter, Trinity, scored a very impressive goal in her debut for the Washington Spirit. They're not so good, NWSL really off to a rocky start from a PR perspective. You know, they had the incident with uh, one of the uh, players from Washington and her partner getting, you know, profiled, you know, their persons of color by Houston Security. And then how they handled that, you know, was really wasn't good. I guess they find somebody for speaking out about racism. So, a lot of the people out there wanting to see the W and the NWSL get off to a better start. Very disappointed by you know the black eye. And then you've got you know the 15-year-old phenom Livia Multi who wants to play in the NWSL but can't because of age restrictions, which is ridiculous. She's like 15 and you can't play in the NWSL until you're 18. But yet we've got people playing for LAFC. You know 15, 16. You can't play in Europe. Kind of a kind of ridiculous. So she's going to follow a lawsuit. Once again, talking about the NWSL having, you know, violating antitrust laws. So this thing that the professional leagues have tried to do for years, you know, try to protect people from themselves, that's about to blow up in your, in your faces. As you know, the questions about amateurism, we've talked about in college, and now in this particular case. And I think the end, <coughs> excuse me, NWSL should really address this and get her up there. I mean, especially if the men can do it. You know, it's ridiculous at this in this day and age. You know, hopefully that gets resolved without getting ugly in the courts. Okay, so the other big story, MLS returns. What do we expect with the MLS starting Friday? So, so excited. As excited as I am about PSG being in the semis, I'm just as excited about the MLS. You know, I'm a big LAFC fan. And lo and behold, most people have them installed as the early favorites. Don't know why, because yeah, they made an impressive showing in SEC All last year, but they still didn't come away with the prize. And they haven't done that yet. They only have the Supporters show. They haven't won an Open Cup. and They haven't won an MLS Cup. But yet, they are the favorite from everybody. In fact, right now, you now ESPN just listed them. I guess they got these odds from Vegas at five to one, followed by the Crew defending their champs, or championship at six one, and TFC, who had a, who I forgot. Had another impressive, you know, outing tonight. You know, said so the MLS team is dominating in SECL so far. So what do we expect? Looking forward to Austin, you know, breaking in. They'll be playing LAFC Saturday night. or Saturday after. Well, Saturday afternoon, actually. Bank of California, that'll be on Fox, I believe. Check it out if you can. Looking forward to seeing what they have to bring. A lot of people feel that they are going to be like LAFC in Atlanta and be competitive right off the start and not be like an FC Cincinnati that stumbled. Um, I really want to see, I think the crew are looking pretty poised to defend their crown. I'm liking what I'm seeing from Philadelphia. I'm curious to see what happens with Beckham in year two. You know, obviously Portland looked very good last night. They won the MLS's back tournament last year. They're looking good. I'm curious to see what the Galaxy if they can return to prominence with Chicharito in year two, you know, among the storylines that we'll be trying to keep an eye on, you know, we we'll have to wonder about what's going to happen with New York teams. If that market's ever going to really, you know, carry its weight as far as making MLS a more viable product. Big year, I think, for, you know, Red Bull and NYCFC. Um, Let's see here. What else will we say or things that we would want to keep an eye on as we look forward to MLS? Curious to see if people like Diego Rossi and Edward Atuesta, rising stars, if they end up in Europe after the summer transfer window. That's a big story, obviously. I think you have to also keep an eye on Teams like Sporting Kansas City, seeing if they can have like a rebound. Obviously, Atlanta United looking good in SCCL. So anyway, really exciting stuff. You know we'll be talking about the MLS. Check it out. It's going to be on TV all weekend, along with some good MLB, NBA hoops. No shortage of things to watch right now. All right, folks, we will come back with one more segment because we just are rocking it like that. Welcome back to Fox Trying in a Foxhole, Season Two, Episode. What is this episode actually? I think it's fourteen. Yeah. <laughs> We're having all sorts of fun and difficulties. Number forty-six overall. Your faithful host, Ken Harlan here. Time to talk some NFL. Keeping an eye on the uh, Grizzlies, Mavericks game. The aforementioned Mavericks trying to stay. We're trying to avoid the uh, play in round 60 57, getting close to halftime. Big news in the NFL as we talk about the NFL report the Browns signing Mr. Clowney to a $10 million deal. Is this the move that moves Cleveland into the upper echelon? Maybe. We saw that the Chiefs are not, you know, the, the Chiefs can be beaten. You know, they obviously injuries, but injuries are the part of the game. Nonetheless, Their stumble late in the season gave the Clevelands and Buffaloes reason for hope. And I think Cleveland adding this piece is going to give them even more hope. You obviously keep an eye on Pittsburgh, but I think the AFC is going to be very wide open. Not a foregone conclusion that the Chiefs are. I mean, this whole idea that they were going to win seven and eight in a row, well, that's not going to quite happen yet. Still could, but obviously they got Darrell. I think the Browns have made a very... Astute move, we'll see how it pays off when we actually get to playing games. I think another interesting thing is Mr. Sherman, Richard Sherman, a man of many words and opinions, and, of course, he has some comments about our man from Ohio State, Mr. Fields, his draft draft stock going down because of racism. Richard, 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 I hear where you're coming from, but as I've said many times, and I've been burned by this, you know, I'm a fan of the Washington football team. Don't blame it on racism. Blame it on Cordell Jones and my man, Mr. Haskins. These Ohio State quarterbacks that were bust coming out of that system. That's what it is. It's not racism. People just get scared away based on what previous Ohio State quarterbacks, Braxton Miller, throw him in there as well. That's the deal. It's not racism. You want to frame it that way? Fine. But you won't convince me. Um, is it a, a drag? Yes. and That's why he's going to have the ball. If he's all that, some team is going to get a bargain if he slips far enough. If he's all that. Otherwise, you're skeptical like I am. After, you know, seeing enough tape and having some data points. We'll see what happens. Apparently, he's impressing. We'll keep an eye on that. Mr. Watson, well, what can we say? Still a problem with the waste treatment facility. People coming out, people dropping out. You know, it's just a whole tawdry thing. Still have folks, you know, trying to run cover. Still folks out there trying to persecute the guy. It is, you know, an ugly situation for the league that was looking for him to be, you know, one of the faces as we move away from the Brady Rogers generation. Yeah, he still may overcome this. You know, we got Rusty Harden out there fighting, but it's, it's a, it's a, it, you know, it's a problem at the waste treatment facility as far as how stinky this is becoming. We'll be keeping an eye on it from week to week. Other big conversation away from controversy. Well, first the Patri- the Patriots releasing Julian Edelman as a precursor as he retired. As he announced to people, you know, forever Foxborough and a touching, you know, goodbye. Then the debate started to come, you know, whether he's a Hall of Famer or not. You know, limited career, which I don't think should be a hindrance when you get someone like Megatron, um, who's in the Hall of Fame. A lot of people say that Edelman isn't. And I look at that and go, you know, man, this guy made, you know, great, some, some very clutch catches. I mean, the guy had money in games that mattered. Unlike a Steve Largent, who we always say, well, he ran great routes and was... I'm like Fooey right? If Steve Larch is in the Hall of Fame, I think you have room for Edelman. As great as Brady's been, this guy made some clutch c- catches. If he doesn't get in, I'm not going to shed a tear. But if he did, I'm not going to stress it too much. I mean, the Hall of Fames have been watered down. I think certain people, if you perform in big games, which Edelman did, and, you know, I don't care what people say. He was just a possession receiver. Keeping those drives going and some of the catches he made in those monumental drives, there's a reason why the Patriots have all those trophies and all those shining bl- rings, the bling bling. So if he gets in there, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. Let's see here. What else do we have? Are we sold on the sack Wilson hype? Or better stated, is he worth giving up a ton of assets for I don't think so. And I've said this repeatedly on this podcast about folks getting too excited and giving away the farm for guys where you, you weren't sure they were all that. And you know, the thing is, we don't know. Because Josh Allen, as everyone will tell you if you watched him at Wyoming, was not that impressive. Nobody saw the superstar he was going to be. Everybody thought Rosen and golf were going to be badasses. Well, that hasn't quite worked. out now hasn't, even though... Goff and say, yo, hey, bro, I was at the Super Bowl. We could have done better if it wasn't my thumb. Yeah, yeah, you still got traded. You still haven't quite lived up to it. And Rosen, who knows what kind of exile he's in. Carson Wentz, same thing. So I'm, you know, I'm, I go from the school that, you know, the fact that you can find someone like Brady in, in a later round. I don't know what that static was. Ooh, that kind of sounded ugly. We got, we got some clips here, so I don't know. We'll figure that out. But anyway, yeah, I'm not so sold on that. Then you've got Trey, the Trey Lance narrative. Now I think about Wentz, you know, one of these guys that comes from the lower division, but some great numbers. Yeah, that's the Flacco route. It could work out, but once again, will I trade the farm for him and assets that they've already got and future assets? I don't think so. You know, I'm just one of these things, you know, to where that's not the route I would go. Um, okay, then you've got San Francisco. Everybody talking about Kyle Shanahan. You know, I'm not a big fan of him. I think he's very overrated. The architect of some of the biggest collapses in recent NFL history. Mac Jones, they go, they've made all these moves to get Mac Jones, who at some point was an early second rounder. Now all of a sudden this is a savior. You know, Jimmy G was a bad passer too from having a Super Bowl ring on his finger as opposed to Showtime Mahomes. We ready to jettison Jimmy G that quickly for somebody an unknown quantity? Sounds kind of crazy. Thought John Lynch was smarter than that. We'll find out here in a couple of weeks. Then we've got, you know, Mr. All World, Mr. Defense, Mr. Donald. He's apparently in some hot water. I guess he knocked somebody's string loose in Pittsburgh or a while big lawsuit. Don't have all the details yet, but I'm just thinking to myself, man, that guy can like move three three offensive linemen. What are you doing getting in a brawl with that guy? Even if you got MMA chops, that guy could probably take a punch and then what's he going to do? Just dismantle you? Couldn't have been pretty. Okay, folks, we've reached that time. Oh yeah, we've gone fast enough and far enough. It's TMA time. Turd McCory, you know, getting the stainless steel bowls of the smelly varieties. And you know, I wasn't sure if I was going to have some to hand out, but you know what? People never disappoint. I think in this case, we are going to give out big bowls for everybody. No complimentary. These are all the, you know, the big stainless steel bowls that they talked about, you know, in the wire episode. Yeah, when Carcetti becomes mayor, that's where I got the idea inspired by a very vile person that was in my recent past, hence the term McCory name. But yet, here we go. So the first one has to go to Sebastian lejet from the Galaxy, using a homophobic slur on social media. Really, dude, in this day and age, what the hell are you doing? Right, you know, yes, he's made his apologies and says he plans to work with, you know, LQDPA groups and all that kind of stuff. But you shouldn't have to do that if you would not hit sin, especially on things that are incendiary like that. What the hell are you thinking? Come on. It's absolutely ridiculous. You get a big bull. Indians fans were sending Yu Chang, a racist, DMs on, his, on Twitter after he committed a costly error in Monday's loss of the White Sox. Grew up, people. Talking about the, the bad situation of their in Spain during the Beautiful Game Live segment. You know, grow up, people. We don't need this kind of stuff, especially with some of the anti-Asian hate going on. Yeah, you know, boo to Indians fans or whoever. Just grow up, people. No room for any of that. And then, you know, I'm going to give one to Darius Geis. Yeah, I like Darius Geis for fighting his way back into the headlines after being exiled completely from the football world. Yeah, we we talked about a problem of the waist treatment facility with uh, Mr. Watson. I mean, good, what do you call this guy, man? This is like a whole landfill full of poopies. Okay, you're on here. Jamie Carragher, I'm giving you two big bulls for that ridiculous rant where you talked about Neymar and and Mbappe, you know, disgracing themselves by playing in a club like PSG and that real footballers don't belong in League One. You know, typical English elitism nonsense. You know, Right, the bitterness coming through. You know, it's too bad because you thought Byron was going to to the next round. Come on, get over yourself, dude. That's really disgusting, right? right. It's probably all over YouTube. Check it out. But yeah, he gets two bowls of the Smelly Varieties. And lastly, you got to go with Les Miles again. Really, dude? Too many black girls working in in the athletic office? Man, I hope, you know, whatever whole... And they, they put you in. They put 10 man hole covers over it so you can't climb out of it, man. Come on, dude. That's just absolutely disgusting. All right, folks. That's been another wonderful episode. I promise wonderful content. Great guests. A lot of group, fantastic things on the horizon. Continue to stay safe. Our friend, still on the Peloton, still doing all those things, still creating havoc. Get your vaccine. Do whatever it takes to get into events because we are moving forward. But mainly, stay safe so we can do this again next week. All right, folks. Peace out.